scripture this morning uh, is from Matthew chapter 14, uh, verses 22 through 33. Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Uh, you can follow along on the screen uh, beside me uh, before we read. Let's pray together. God, we're grateful once again for, uh, for the opportunity to, to worship together. And we pray, God, that as we open your word, that you, would, that you would speak, that yours would be the voice that we hear. We ask that, that you would challenge us, that you would motivate us, that you would change us, that you would transform us, that you would inspire us to, to follow you more closely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 14, starting at verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. We'll go that far. What? Walking on water, Peter. Hey man, if it's you, tell me to come out, walk with you on the lake. What? What do you do with a story like this? Well, all sorts of things you could do. I'm going to focus on a, one particular part of the story, but I want to begin like this. You know, despite growing up as a, as a pastor's kid, um, I was actually pretty, pretty normal as a young boy. I know that may come as a surprise. I've got three boys. I'm a pastor, and um, well, I think they're pretty normal. Um, so maybe it's not that abnormal to have normal kids if you're a, a, a pastor. It just seems like everybody thinks that pastors' kids are abnormal. But I, as a young boy, I love to do all of the things that that most young boys like to do. I love playing outside. I I love climbing on the furniture. I love jumping on my bed. Uh, I love to walk around the house, and see how high I could jump. First it started off, let's see if I can jump up and hit the top of the doorway. 
And then it was like, oh man, I gotta try and jump and hit the ceiling. So I would walk around the house and try to jump and touch the ceiling. Uh, the lights that hung down. Uh, I know that lots of boys wind up doing that, right? So I love to do everything that young boys love to do. I, I like playing catch with my dad outside. I love shooting hoops outside. I, uh, as a young boy, I was actually quite normal. I dreamed all the dreams that young boys dream. Uh, I dreamed of flying like Superman. I dreamed of, of getting in the, the Batmobile with Robin at my side and going around and saving Gotham City. I, I dreamed about flying between buildings, shooting webs from my wrists and uh, getting the bad guys that way too. And, and probably the best one was I wanted to be Yoda or I wanted to be with Yoda on this planet called Dagobah and I wanted to learn the ways of the Force. I wanted to become a Jedi Knight. I even remember, I even remember watching that old movie Popeye, the one with Robin Williams. If you haven't seen that, you have to see that movie. That movie was inspiring to me. I wanted to be Popeye. I decided I'll even eat spinach. I'm fine with eating spinach as long as my arms get all swollen. and I can, I can sort of take on the bad guys. I can, I can save olive oil from that octopus and afterwards dance on top of the water like he does. I wanted to be Popeye, right? So those are dreams. I dreamed of being a superhero, but that's all they are, right? They're just silly dreams of a, of a boy's overactive imagination. That's all they were, right? But maybe not. I, I mean, really, after reading this story about Jesus walking on the water, that's pretty amazing. And Jesus commanding Peter to walk on the water, and then Peter actually getting out of the boat and walking on that stormy lake, I'm actually thinking that there are some things that I think might be impossible that might actually be possible. Maybe not flying like Superman or, you know, flying between buildings or using the force, right? But Jesus walked on water. Peter did too. Maybe it was one step, two steps, 10 steps. We don't know. And if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, shouldn't we expect Jesus to ask us to walk out on the lake with him as well? I think so. The question is, how do we do that? What does it take to follow Jesus out onto the water? I think that's part of the essence of this story. Not the whole thing, but I think that's part of it. What does it take to follow Jesus out onto the water? So as usual, I got three things for you. Um, what does it take to follow Jesus? Let's look at Peter. I mean, you could say that Peter was... He was the disciple with the most guts, uh, at least early on. Uh, he kind of lost that later on, but, but early on, he was the guy with the most guts, right? So we'll start at, start at verse 25. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, and they cried out in fear. Of course they think it's a ghost. A guy walking on water. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And then Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. Get that. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you out 
on the water. Where did that come from? Like, that's the last thing I'm thinking if I'm in that boat. Hey, there's Jesus. Maybe I can do it too. That is the, what kind of creativity and imagination did it take for him to get to the point where he was like, hey man, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. Sometimes it takes creativity to follow Jesus out onto the water, to, to follow Jesus in a place where we wouldn't normally think we would want to follow Jesus. You've heard it said, think outside the box. Now we're thinking outside the boat, right? Thinking outside of our daily routines, thinking, thinking outside of the ways in which things have always been done, thinking outside of the little boxes that we put God in, thinking outside of the things that only bring us comfort and only bring us security, stretching our imaginations. Right? A hundred years, a few hundred years ago, a guy named Galileo did that. He figured out that Earth revolved around the sun instead of the other way around. With, with this outside-the-norm thinking, he figured out that the solar system we're flying around in right now is heliocentric. Like, we're going around the sun. How good are you at creativity and imagination and thinking outside of the normal routines and the normal ways things are always done? So we're going to take a test. Um, this is developed by a guy named Brian Matamore, and we're all going to do it, and we're going to see how good we are at, at thinking outside the box. Some of you will get it right away because you've seen it. Others, you will get it because this is kind of the way you are. But if you're like me, it probably took you some time. It'll take you some time to get it. So uh, if you're with a group of people, don't say the answer right away. Let's give it about, let's give it about 20 seconds or so. So we're going to have some dead air here, 20 seconds, while you look at the screen beside me. Okay, let's put it up. Which one of the following numbers is most different from the others? Which one of the following numbers is most different from the others? I can't smile and whistle at the same time. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna ask you, what do you think? Which number? is most different than all the others. 31. 31? You think 31? Wrong! Ha! No, don't, 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 don't be ashamed. Uh, two. Oh. Number two. That was your first answer. But you were so scared to say it, right? I got the, I know, I know how it feels. Right, most of us say one is actually the most different, because it's not double digit, right? But actually two. No, you know, we're so conditioned to think that these numbers aren't part of the problem that we just ignore them, right? But with a little out of the norm, out of the box, coloring outside of the lines thinking, we would come up with number two. It's the only even number up there, and it doesn't have a one or a three in it. Right? It's the only number that doesn't contain a one or a three. So it's different. Sometimes 
We're just not used to thinking outside the box. We're not used to thinking creatively, especially when it comes to our, to our following of Jesus. We just don't use our imaginations. We just fail to do it. Sometimes I think it takes creativity and imagination in order to, in order to follow Jesus. I mean, Peter, clearly, what was that? Everyone else is thinking, that's a ghost. And Peter's like, man, if that's Jesus, maybe I could do that too. Come, tell me to follow you out onto the water. Right? So what are some imaginative things you can think of in order to follow Jesus out onto the water? Maybe Jesus is walking in places where you wouldn't normally think he's walking and he's just waiting for you to ask him. For you to come and join him. So what other out-of-the-box, out-of-the-boat, creative, imaginative things you can think of that will allow you to follow Jesus more nearly? Look, Jesus was a Palestinian Jew living in Roman-occupied Israel. In his person, in his teaching, he showed us that wisdom can come from an out-of-the-box person, a person who is on the margins. Great wisdom can come from somebody who had no economic, no social status, power. Right? It can come from the margins. Are, who are some people like that that we can learn from today? People who are on the margins, who are on the edge, people who are already outside that we can listen to and learn from. Or what about this? We're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Still, I know. Right, what are some creative ways we can follow Jesus out there in the world and serve our community in ways that are, the ways that are safe, ways that are effective, ways that are compassionate and loving and caring? Because right, you know that's what Jesus would be doing. Right? What are your out-of-the-box thoughts? What are your creative thoughts? Use your imagination. Peter certainly did. That's the first Thing. What does it take to follow Jesus? Maybe sometimes it takes some creativity. Right? But I also think it takes guts. I think it takes, I think it takes courage. Right? When's the last time you thought to yourself, man, it take, it's taken me some guts to follow Jesus here. It's taken, like, I gotta build up enough courage to follow Jesus here. I think it does. I think sometimes it takes guts. It takes guts enough to take, if not life-threatening risks, then at least status in the community threatening risks. Because Jesus doesn't just simply ask Peter to consider following him out there onto the water. He demands it. He commands it. It's an imperative. He looked Peter square in the eyes, and what does he say to him? Risk it all, Peter. I know the wind is howling. I know those waves are big. But look, I'm walking on the water. Take your big, hairy, dusty feet, put them on top of the water, and come. Walk on this lake. This wasn't an invitation. It was an expectation. This was a command, an imperative, a challenge to take the biggest risk of his life. Walk on that water. Following Jesus means taking some risks. You know, anytime we come up against a story uh, that involves water in the Bible, 
uh, it always gets me thinking about, about baptism. Uh, baptism, we say, is a, a sign and seal of God's promises to us. I mean, at one point, if you've been baptized, if not, let's have a conversation. Um, at one point, if you've been baptized, you had water either sprinkled on your head or you came, you went down under the water and came up out of the water. That's a sign and seal of a new reality for you. The reality of being born again, born into new life, born into obedience, we say, born into following Jesus, born to never sink, sink under the water again, born to walk on top of the water with Jesus. You were born to take risks, to follow Jesus. Maybe that's what Jesus meant when he said, whoever loses his life will find it. And here's the deal. God's already shown us how to do this. God's already shown us how to take risks. I mean, think about it. I can name hundreds. Just read through the Bible. God took all kinds of risks. God took a risk when he used a, a very hesitant, slow of speech guy named Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery in Egypt. God took a risk when he asked a 14-year-old a, a peasant girl to bear the Son of God in her body and offer him as a gift to the world. Jesus took risks all the time. I mean, he did think he broke all kinds of rules. Like he, he walked on all kinds of waters that he wasn't supposed to walk on, by the way. And I think that the disciples followed him on a lot more other places where it was like walking on water. I mean, he healed on the Sabbath. He associated with sinners, with sick people. Uh, he treated women with dignity. He associated with prostitutes, with people who were on the margins, people who were possessed by demons. I mean, he crossed every barrier imaginable. He just did it all the time. He did all kinds of things that should have gotten him killed long before, long before he was crucified. If, if anyone in the history of the world has shown us how to truly take risks, it's Jesus. Friends, if we're not taking risks for Jesus, we may be following Jesus, the king of all risk takers. Just maybe not closely enough, or maybe not as close as we think we are. We gotta be willing to take life-threatening or status in the community, at least, threatening risks in order to follow Jesus. Willing to lose everything, our lives, this building, our comfort, our security, everything. And it sounds crazy. I get it. But when's the last time you thought to yourself, yeah, this is a risk. I might lose something here. Right? But here's the ironic, funny thing. Maybe it's not funny. But as long as it's Jesus out there on the water saying, come. The risk we may perceive, perhaps, is no risk at all. Or at least it's a lot smaller than we think it is. As long as it's Jesus out there on the water saying, come. What does it take 
follow Jesus. Sometimes creativity, sometimes guts enough to take risks. And finally, I think trust, right? You can't think outside the boat, outside, you can't use your imagination without trusting that God is the one who is actually guiding your thoughts. You can't take those risks without trust, without faith, without your eyes focused on the one who says, come. It takes trust to turn your imagination, your creativity into action. Trust, it may be the most important thing, but it also might be, might be the hardest thing. So I heard this anecdote, an anecdote uh, recently, and I don't remember where I heard it. Uh, I think it was on a podcast, but I can't, I listen to so many of them that I can't, I can't remember which one I tried to look for. But so the story goes a little bit like this. We'll call this guy named Mike. I don't think that's what it was. That's what his name was. But anyway, uh, Mike had a, bro a severely fractured leg, right? but enough time had passed, enough physical therapy had passed for, for it to heal completely. So when Mike showed up at the doctor's office, he actually surprised the doctor. He told the doctor, my leg isn't strong enough yet. Even though it's almost been a year, I still can't run on it. Like, I feel like it's just going to give out. So the doctor was like, what? Showed him the latest x-ray. He said, look, this is, your bone is thick with new bone where the fracture was. And he said, let me look at your leg. And he examined him and he said, see? And Mike was like, I told you it wasn't right, right? And the doctor was like, wrong. It tests fine. It's your confidence that isn't right. You don't trust the leg yet. But that bone is now stronger than your other leg. The problem isn't your leg. The problem is in your head. The problem is in your head. How many times have I had to learn that lesson? The problem, the problem is my trust. It's up here. Trust, it, it may, be the, may be the hardest thing to do. Because those waves are pretty big. And that wind, oh man, it's howling. And, and we love to focus on those things. You know what we love to do? We love to, to run worst case scenarios through our brains. And then we play them out as if, as if they've actually happened before we've done anything and it prevents us from doing anything. Peter looked at the way he saw the wind and he's like, I'm done. How much time and energy is this gonna really cost me? How much, how much of my resources is this gonna eat up if I do this thing? What if, what if I fail? What are people going to think of me? We think of Think of our status and our relational costs. What if I'm wrong about something? What if I look like an idiot? Jesus says, I know it's scary. Come on out here anyway. Right? When's the last time you trusted Jesus enough to actually take a risk? And look, a lot of this stuff I'm leaving open-ended. Like, you got to make decisions. You got to have a conversation with with the divine yourself in order to figure out what in the world does all this stuff mean for me and my life and my world, where I work, in my home, at church. 
but out of the boat thinking, when's the last time you used creativity in your relationship with Jesus to figure out where he might be calling you to go? When's the last time you actually had guts enough to risk something, trust enough to actually turn your out-of-the-boat creative thinking into some sort of action? Friends, if we'd all just let these things seep into our lives just a, a little bit more, I think we'd all be able to do some pretty amazing things. Things that are every bit as amazing as flying like Superman, and flying, slinging webs with our fingers and wrists and arms. They, they may be different, but it's like walking on water. I think we'll be able to accomplish some things that our parents and our grandparents never would have dreamed of. We'll walk on waters they never would have dreamed of because their world was different from our world and we've learned some things. They might even cringe at some of the places we're willing and able to go where Jesus is saying, come on out, the water's great. But as long as it's Jesus out there on the water, as long as he's the one who's out there saying, come, then we can, we should, and we will walk on water. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word for us. Thank you for the story. Um, as weird and crazy as it is, uh, thank you for your presence, spirit, pushing us, guiding us, um, giving us imagination to to think differently to imagine an, a new kind of world and we ask oh god that you would that you would call us out onto the water we ask oh god that you would show us which waters we can navigate god show us your presence command us to come and then give us the strength and the guts enough to take those risks we want to follow you more closely in jesus name we pray Thank you.